Some have said that the direction of your focus is the direction of your life. For the Christian, our focus is crystal clear. We are to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In every area of life, we are to lay aside the hindrances of our Christian journey and look to Christ as our example and strength to live the life he has called us to live. So today, let's starve our distraction and feed our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Walk Talks podcast and today's Friday Focus episode. All right, we're really excited to have with us today uh, Pastor Chuck Gorley from Pensacola, Florida, youth pastor at the Campus Church. Thanks for joining us on the Walk Talks podcast. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. I've been so a you've, time. you've been at camp. This is your first time to speak at our summer youth camps, yeah. and it's been a great week. Had a lot of good preaching, and thankful for your, your laboring in the Word to us this week. Well, I think in the podcast, you probably noticed my voice is suffering <laughs> a little from it, but I'm having a great time. It's been a great week. Yeah, it's been awesome. So mm-hmm. we're excited to, to have a good discussion with you today. Um, obviously, you're a youth pastor. Uh, how long have you been in youth ministry? I've been working in youth ministry for over 10 years. Um, I've been doing what I do right now for seven years. I've, I just started my eighth year a little bit ago. And uh, I mean, I'm living the dream, you know. This is what I've always yeah. wanted to do, so it's Have you, awesome. Were you called to be a youth pastor? <clears throat> I uh, was. So okay. um, when I was 16, I was at camp. I love camp, so a lot of good memories of camp, a lot of great decisions. And uh, Rusty Smith was preaching, uh, and he preached a sermon on, you know, following the Lord into the call to full-time vocational ministry. And I knew God was calling me, and so I, I went forward in the invitation, and I surrendered to the Lord. And I, from really from that day on, I always felt a burden to youth ministry. Um, one of the reasons for that, if we have time for that, yes. um, I had five youth pastors in five years in youth oh, group. Wow. And so my, one of the motivations to go into youth ministry is I wanted to be in youth ministry long-term mm-hmm. yeah. because I felt like, you know, I didn't, I loved all my youth pastors, mm-hmm. but at the same time it was weird because like every year I had a new guy. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go into youth ministry just so that I could serve for a long time in one place. Sure. And yeah. I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to say that I've done that now. And I'd, I'd love to do it for another 10 years if I can. Yeah. But, you know, at some point you're too old to do youth ministry, right? <laughs> but maybe yeah. not. Hopefully I can do it forever. Hey, that's awesome. Hey, this is this is Malachi. I'm, I'm joining in here as well. Uh, so, Brother Chuck, just tell us a, a little bit about yourself so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Some about your about your family, your kids, uh, maybe some of your hobbies, what you really enjoy doing. Uh, sure. Okay, so uh, I'm married to a wonderful lady. Her name is Leah. She is, uh, she's a nurse, and she teaches uh, nursing, actually, and uh, she just recently got another master's degree, so she's way smarter than me. <laughs> uh, and we also just recently um, had another child, so we now have three children. Oh, no. Congratulations! Um, a three and a half year old, a two year old, and then uh, about twelve week old. So uh, our hands are full chasing kids. Uh, but when we're not, uh, I do enjoy golf quite a bit. It's one of my hobbies that. I kind of picked back up a little bit this year, yeah. and then I also um, we actually played a little bit the other we day. We did, yeah, that's fun. Uh, I didn't Hit play really good, but that was okay. <laughs> uh, and then I also enjoy bass fishing, um, and my son really enjoys fishing. He's actually oh, caught a number of fish all by himself, which is kind of crazy because he's only three. But um, so I'm looking forward to that Impressive. becoming like a father son yeah. hobby mm-hmm. together. That's so. awesome. Right on. 
Yeah, so we want to get at some questions uh, specifically in this podcast that have to do with your per, uh, perception, your burden for the next generation. So maybe just start by telling us what, what it's like in the current culture of Christianity to lead a younger generation uh, in the things of the Lord. Well, I would say, um, first of all, I, I think that everything that people did 100 years ago is is the same today. It just looks different. You know, like Ecclesiastes talks a lot about there's nothing new under the sun. Like everything, it's just, everything repeats itself. So I think sometimes we're always looking for like the new crave, the new uh, thing to follow after. And the reality is like some things never change, right? Like Mm -hmm. teenagers always speak the language of love Mm -hmm. and that is spelled T-I-M-E. So um, teenagers look for time. They want time with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Listen, there's lots of things vying for their attention that are leaving them unsatisfied. Yeah. But when you spend time with them, you demonstrate care and concern and you share the word of God mm-hmm. uh, in those times. There's Those are invaluable moments. So yeah. I, I believe youth ministry is right now in a really good place. Yeah. Because if I, like if I just go eat, get a burger with a teenager, like that is a monumental thing yeah. in this kid's mm-hmm. life. Speaks volumes. You know? yeah. Like for them, it's... Like, wow, you went and took me and got a burger. Mm-hmm. Well, because, like, the rest of their day, all they did was watch YouTube and, like, mm-hmm. TikTok and whatever. Yeah. So for them, it's like, mm-hmm. it was a real person, and we ate food together, you know? <laughs> so uh, I think you can do really simple stuff, and it actually goes a really long ways mm-hmm. um, yeah. with this current generation. So I, mm-hmm. I think leading youth ministry in this culture is not really any different mm-hmm. than the past. It, it comes back to some of those core fundamental truths. I want to share the word of God mm-hmm. with the love of God yeah. for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, I want to do that, uh, through personal one-on-one time, uh, through my youth ministry where kids are coming and hearing the word of God preached. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do it through activities where they have a good time and then we stop and we reflect on what mm-hmm. God's word is teaching us. So there's lots of ways that that shows up, but it really just comes back to that one thought of like, I just want to connect to kids yeah. and and then connect the word of God as I connect mm-hmm. to them. That's great. Yeah. So kind of like piggybacking off of that, okay. you know, you, you interact with teens all the time and you have a, a large youth group, you know, down there at uh, campus church and, and which is great. And you, you're preaching even to teens this week. So you're interacting a lot with, you know, the younger generation. So kind of in your, in your opinion, what would you say is like the greatest battle that teenagers right now in this generation are facing? Um, particularly in this in this generation, I would say it's their cell phone. I mean, and yeah. and that's going to tie to a lot of other avenues. But if I'm trying to summarize it to one thing, you know, there's just there's so many teenagers that have a cell phone, and then um, there's a lot of parents in this generation that want to take a hands off approach to parenting, mm-hmm. where they're saying, "Well, my kid has a right to his privacy." Mm-hmm. Well, that's really hard for teenagers. That makes it so that um, the the ability to say no because my parents are overseeing this has kind of been removed for lots and lots of teenagers. It always surprises me how many teenagers have unrestricted internet access. Well, yeah. that, that just opens all kinds of challenges. So yeah, really, obviously yes. there's a, there's an uptick in pornography and all of the, what we, you know, 10 years ago we would call the really bad stuff. Yeah. Well, but it's just so accessible. There's right. so many, I would say that just the everyday, um, like YouTube and TikTok and all the things that they just scroll through, Instagram, you know, they're scrolling through over and over again. Mm -hmm. There is so much sensuality and sexual impurity being pumped into them that 
10 years ago, we would have called that pornography, and yeah. now we, we don't label it that way, but it yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, we're just exposing them to immorality at, at an unprecedented rate. Right. Well, what that does is it presents this challenge to them th- that they don't even understand how it influences the way they think. Right. And so now, um, I, I, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest challenge, Yeah, it's just honestly. like seemingly desensitizing them. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, okay, if, if I can stay there for just one more second, though. Yeah. The, the other challenge with that is they don't realize how much of them is just being sucked into their phone. Mm-hmm. You know, the average teenager spends more than six hours on their phone a day, yeah. and they don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, iPhone has this thing where it tells you your screen time. Yep. And so I, I'm, like, asking kids, like, well, what's your screen time this week? And they're like, oh, it says... Six hours, 28 minutes a day? Like, what? Yeah. And, and they're, like, they're shocked because they don't even realize mm-hmm. how much they're on their phone. And not all of it's evil. Not all of it is, the, you know, like, really bad stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, it just consumes them to the point where you can't outbalance. You're, not, you're never going to find the balance. If yeah. you're spending 10 minutes in the Word and you're spending six hours on your phone, like, the, you're not listening to the word of God. You right. can't hear it because the noise of your phone is so much greater. Yeah. It reveals a lot about your priorities, too, and just shows the attack of the world. Yeah. I mean, they know how to get to our generation, the right. younger generation. Yeah. Right. It's through the media, through our phones. Right. Absolutely. So now I, I still kind of am old school on that. I think the answer is to learn how to control your usage of the phone. Mm-hmm. But I'm not opposed to, there's lots of people out there that are doing some incredible stuff with like podcasts and things mm-hmm. like that where they're putting good things in the yeah. tech world. Yeah, for sure. Good options for teenagers to use, you know, and then that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Like this podcast so is going right. to be technology, right? right. <laughs> it's going right. to be on media at some point. Yes. So there is good stuff out there. Oh, for but sure. I still am kind of the old school mindset of like, hey, you, you know, like don't let your phone control you. Yeah. Let the Holy Spirit control you. Yeah. So how yeah. do you as a youth pastor seek to influence in that regard? I mean, I, you're not with them, but a couple hours a week, I mean, you're communicating with them, but how, how have you been able to practically challenge your youth group with their technology use? Parents. Yeah. And, and this is the secret to youth ministry. So I don't know how many youth pastors listen to the podcast, but mm. the secret to youth ministry is parents. Mm. Because I only get teenagers for one, two hours a week, like mm-hmm. you just said. So how much influence am I really going to have of them in comparison to a parent who mm-hmm. sees their kid every day? Mm-hmm. So I want to equip parents. Um, I want to put resources in their hand. Uh, I want to meet with them regularly, mm-hmm. and I want to equip them uh, to be better parents of their teenager. Yeah. And so I do something we call surviving our society, uh, mm-hmm. and I talk about tips and tidbits uh, for. That's with the parents, or with that the young is with people? the parents. So cool. I leave That's the great. teenagers with a, another youth sponsor preaching, and I go over and I preach to the parents, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll have you know, like a good group, like 50, 60 percent of the parents will come. Wow. And I'd love to see all of them, but, yeah. you know, I'm happy with that for right mm-hmm. now. And I'm going to talk about how do you help your teenager use their phone accurately? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you set up parameters mm-hmm. on their phone? How do you limit what they can see? Um, how do you limit screen time? How can you set up good godly habits early before they just get sucked into their phone and everything mm-hmm. that it has to provide for them and then and then give them resources you know there's lots of great parenting books out there for parents yeah. of teenagers so putting those in their hands and and just mm. helping them be more aware of what God has called them to because ultimately um, God ordained the family mm. before mm. the church right. so the priority on raising these teenagers is not the youth group right. it's actually on the parents mm-hmm. so I want to help them as much as I possibly can absolutely yeah and having I feel like having that 
um, reinforcement with the parents who are with them, you know, all week, as opposed to where you're just getting these teens mm -hmm. a couple hours out of the week. And I know we've talked about that at length, and I know, you know, your discussion with that was super helpful for me just in kind of grasping a better understanding of that. Um, you know, and I feel like we're seeing, you know, statistically, you know, high schoolers, this generation, young people, especially, you know, when they're graduating out of high school, um, you know, a lot of them are leaving, leaving the church or, um, you know, even leaving, you know, fundamental Baptist circles, um, kind of throwing that all aside. Um, and what is your take on that? And what do you, what do you think is, you know, maybe some of the pitfalls that teenagers are falling into or what's, what's playing into that or what is, you know, lacking that needs to be there more, you know, for either youth pastors or parents that are listening, how they can make sure that their, you know, teens, their young people that, that are in their lives are really adopting the truth that is being poured into them, you know, in any of their youth group or their family. Uh, state. Okay, so let me, I want to start with this because I'll forget to say it, and it, it's one of those things that, you know, I'm on, our church is planted on a college campus, okay, so this, I, I know it kind of sounds like I'm saying it because I'm there, but I would have said this years ago when I, before I got planted at Campus Church, and I think one of the things is this new perspective of parents to send their kids to a state school, like mm. a secular, mm. a public uh, university or college that's close by. And their thinking is, if I can keep them at home, they'll stay plugged into our, our church. But the reality is that that secular influence is too much for them. Right. And almost almost all teenagers that go off to a secular school will uh, take steps away from where they are spiritually. So um, yep. many of them will walk away from their faith altogether, yeah. but almost all of them will take a step away from where they are. They'll end up in a church that's more progressive or whatever the case may be yeah. because of that secular influence. So I think, right. you know, without I don't want to go too far down that road, but I sure. do think a really important decision that parents are helping their teens with mm. is don't be scared to send your kid away. Yeah. You know, even if it's 10 hours away, don't be afraid to send your kid away so that they can get a Christian education. Absolutely. So they can be around other Christian young people. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really important part of it. But that's actually not the answer I would give. The first answer is I think teenagers have to, they have to find connections within their church beyond the youth group. Hmm. So, um, you know, our, Timothy talks about this, or rather the book of Timothy. Paul's talking to Timothy mm -hmm. and Timothy. Yeah. And he's talking about, you know, you older men, you need to minister to, mentor, disciple the younger guys, the the young men in the church, and the older ladies, the younger ladies. Well, I don't I don't know that we really see that a lot in the church right mm -hmm. now. We don't mm -hmm. see this besides the youth department where we have sponsors mentoring teenagers. Yeah. We don't we don't see a lot of interaction in the church. So part of that I think is on the church. Like, hey, yeah. church, uh, and then, you know, uh, I said this Monday night in, in the service here at camp. Uh, I think sometimes kids get a bad knock. They're always, you know, we say, well, teenagers are so apathetic. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but everybody in the church is. Mm, like, right. How so many true. people come to church and that's it? They just come. They come, they sit, and they leave, and that's their whole interaction. Yeah. Well, uh, if we don't have people in our church that love God and want to pass that love to the next generation, mm -hmm. then, then we can't really point at the next generation and say it's their fault. Now, if you're a teenager of the next generation, I think you have to be the one that takes the initiative. You're young, you have energy, so go engage some of the people in your church. Like, mm -hmm. hey, can I meet with you this week for coffee and yeah. talk about your personal quiet mm -hmm. time? And hey, can I meet with, okay, can I go on soul winning with you? Can mm -hmm. I, like, teenagers have to find a way to engage in the church beyond just coming yeah. to fun activities. Yeah. And I think that's huge, too, because I know we talked about this a bit ago 
is like a lot of young people like to point the finger. Well, they're not reaching out to me. They're right. not trying to help me. You know, nobody's pouring into me. It's just my youth pastor, but nobody else in the church is discipling me. But I think there are some really practical steps that young people can take to, hey, go to the older people in your church, get to know them, like yeah. really genuinely ask for their advice and serve together with them. This is such a funny thing. Isn't this like marriage? You know, have you ever read the book Love and Respect? Yes. So I know that's not this podcast at all, but (laughs) we get on these cycles in relationships, period, where it's like, well, they're not doing it, so I'm not going to do it. Hmm. And and that happens in every relationship. And I think really what takes the the cycle change to happen, what it takes to make that switch gears, so to speak, is somebody has to take the initiative. Yeah. Whether it's the adults in the church that say, hey, I'm going to mentor these kids. Or the kids in the church saying, hey, I want to get engaged with other people in my church. Yeah. It, it really, I don't think it matters which one. It yeah. just needs one of them has to do it. Are there are there some ways that you have, you know, led in that as a youth pastor? Like yeah. uh, leading events yeah, or, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know. Uh, now, I've done some events where, like the whole purpose is I want to connect people to people, right? Yeah. So we'll do like a, a father-son camp out. Why? Because I want dads to see they can have fun with their kids yeah. like and engage them. And then we sit around the fire and tell stories and talk. And, and, and I'm like, this is awesome. You mm-hmm. can actually build a relationship with your kid. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, what else do I do? Well, I, I think I try to uh, engage people like through the, like let's us all go to, so I get three mm-hmm. teenagers, two adults, Let's go grab a burger tonight. Um, let's go to the game tonight. And then afterwards, get a milkshake. Um, so, like, engaging the small group almost yeah. idea mm-hmm. that builds some momentum for them to take it beyond that. Like, yeah, hey, did you great. have fun tonight? Well, you can keep doing it without me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sometimes mm-hmm. as a youth pastor, you can kind of get that going, like what yeah. you're asking mm-hmm. me. Like, can you get the ball rolling on that? Yeah, for sure. That's but great. then, oh, is that going to solve the problem? Well, ultimately, the problem is people are not walking with God. Mm-hmm. So um, why do they walk away from the church? Well, they didn't make their faith their own. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, as a teenager, how do you avoid walking away from the church? Well, fall in love with Jesus because mm-hmm. he's the one that keeps everybody together, yeah. right? He's the glue that holds the church together. Mm-hmm. We gather to worship him. Yeah. Um, so help, help teenagers fall in love with Jesus. Yeah. And that. I mean, I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, but it's not because yeah. that is the answer mm-hmm, right. is the deeper you, you get in your relationship with God, then the more connected you're going to be with mm-hmm. his church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to have a deep view of who God is and a deep love and appreciation and understanding of what it means to be part of God's institution in the church, I think is, is huge and getting plugged in. And I just want to encourage our listeners, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a young person get involved in your church. I mean, I think that's a huge takeaway just from what we're talking about with, with pastor Gorley here is, I mean, just get all in. Don't sit on the sidelines and expect everybody in your church to serve you. Go out and make a difference in your community and in your church for God's glory. Yeah. Yeah, So a key, a key thought with that, while you just said that as a youth pastor, (laughs) go ask your pastor or your pastoral staff, what you can do. Mm -hmm. Don't go rogue. Don't go just do your own thing. Mm -hmm. Like, Go get connected with them. Hey, I, I want to be more involved. What can I do? Can I clean mm-hmm. some bathrooms? Can I mm-hmm. cut the grass? Uh, can I go out soul winning? Like, what is it that I can do that would be a blessing yeah. to you, pastoral yeah. staff? Yeah. And I promise they're going to have stuff that they would love for you to do for mm-hmm. them. Be a blessing for sure to those, uh, to those leadership, those in leadership <laughs> in the church, you know? And I think um, our generation, especially the younger generation right now, 
because of you know what we talked about with social media mm-hmm. and all that, um, it's it's very much the the taker mentality as right. you know what Consumer. can you yeah consumerism and what can you offer me mm-hmm. as opposed to you know how can I go out and be a servant you know and we see yeah. amazing examples of that littered throughout Scripture of you know those who served and of course the greatest of those being our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ you know mm-hmm. serving you know even when he of all people <laughs> didn't have to serve, you know? Uh, so anyways, yeah. I think my, my favorite story from Jesus doing those things is the woman at the well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like his disciples come back and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I think we need some more people like that in our mm-hmm. church that would say, okay, I just, I want to love people. I want to engage. Mm-hmm. I want to go beyond the consumer mentality. I mm-hmm. want to find ways that I can advance the work of our church. Mm-hmm. How can I make our church better? Everybody knows um, what they're upset about and what they don't like about their church. <laughs> so true. But what are you doing to make your church a better place? You right. Know, that's a, that was a great... You touched on this just a second ago, but I want to ask you a more kind of specific question. You said the key to staying grounded and staying rooted is developing, as a young person, a personal, real relationship with God for yourself, mm-hmm. not your parents' relationship mm-hmm. with God, not just your church's relationship with God. How do you en- encourage your young people in your youth group towards that end? Well, I, on a very practical way, um, we have it built into our curriculum for Bible study groups, which is like our Sunday school department. Um, so seventh grade, ninth grade, and 12th grade. Seventh grade, they'll do a 12-week study on what does it look like to do personal Bible study. Um, like for 12 weeks, they talk. We go through all the details, and and it's a it's a great way to introduce them to the youth group, essentially. And then um, ninth grade, we'll do a like a three or four week like refresher. Like, hey, um, many of you haven't done this yet, but you, this is really the most vital thing in your life spiritually. So here's some reminders. And then and then the same thing again in 11th or 12th grade. So we do it on a two year rotation. So every seventh and eighth, because we have seventh and eighth grade, ninth and tenth. 11th and 12th grade. So every two years, we do either a four or 12, depending on their age bracket. Um, mm-hmm. That's just practical. Uh, Wednesday nights, I will do a, a sermon series on it mm-hmm. every three years. Okay, so we're going to get on Wednesday night as well in our mm-hmm. main youth group. And then I would say I reference personal quiet time at least once a month in my preaching. So that's all from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. And then in our small groups, um, in our one-on-one discipleship, that's where we're going to have more of that, like, how are you doing? Where are you at? How can I help you develop this habit? Yeah. And that's where I, you know, in, the, in that content, all that content from the big stuff, like from the pulpit, the curriculum, all the way down to the discipleship, what am I telling teenagers? Well, build a daily routine mm-hmm. is where I want them all to start. So I encourage them to read a psalm a day, mm-hmm. write down the characteristics of God they find in that psalm, um, read a, one chapter from the book of John, mm-hmm. write down all the things you learned about Jesus. I always encourage them to write something down. Yeah. I'm like, just do 10 minutes, just mm-hmm. do something simple, build the routine. Then as you deepen that routine, mm-hmm. then you can start doing word definitions, start asking questions like what is what is being said about God? What is being said about man? Mm-hmm. How does that apply to me today? Good. Um, one of the things that whether they're doing five minutes or 50 minutes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> wherever they're at their stage of life and their quiet time, but one of the things I always encourage is A, write things down, mm-hmm. and then B, always finish with what do I need to do today with this? Mm-hmm. And so I... And I would also say this to teenagers all the time in preaching or one-on-one conversations. Um, don't leave until you find something. 
Mm. Because I think sometimes what happens is we just get in a hurry and we breeze through mm -hmm. and we yeah. check off our little box, yeah. but we didn't actually, we weren't impacted. We didn't mm -hmm. apply anything to our life. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think starting, I always say, start with word of prayer. Like, Lord, please speak mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, show me something from your word today and then stay there until you mm -hmm. find something. Yeah. And then I also tell kids that are really struggling, you know, they've, they've restarted like five times. Maybe some of our <laughs> listeners are, are like, yeah, I've tried this and, mm -hmm. and, and then I failed and then I gave up and I tried again and then mm -hmm. I failed and, I, and I'm on this cycle. I've been there before. <laughs> and sure. I think we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. So Big my time. statement to that is like, hey, you know, um, Proverbs 24, 16 says, a just man falleth seven times and riseth again, right. but the wicked man falleth into mischief. Well, the difference between the wicked man and the righteous man is the righteous man gets up one more time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So just don't stay down, just right. get back up, start over yeah. again. Yeah. And then the second thing is, I think many times we, we're trying to do something way too big. Like I'm going to read the mm -hmm. whole Bible this year and I've never even done devotions before. Or mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm going to read through 1 Corinthians, I mean uh, Chronicles, because I've never <laughs> read it before. And like two days in, you're like, wow, I, I'm not finding anything <laughs> to apply to my life. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's like, totally, well, totally, well, just totally. do something. If you're struggling, do something really easy. Do the book yeah. of John. Do yeah. do James. Do, yeah. you know, do something that you're interested in. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And yeah. do it a few times, because here's the thing about the word of God. It is alive, mm -hmm. and it will always always impact you. Absolutely. It's never going to leave you empty. Mm -hmm. So you say, well, but I, I'm already read through the book of James. Okay, well, if, if it worked once, like jump in, do mm -hmm. it again, because yeah. you're going to find new stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think sometimes we create this, like, I've got to read through a new thing because um, that's what I'm supposed to do. And that, well, maybe someday, but right now, just build the habit, yeah. you know? I think that's, that's huge, especially for teenagers, you know, because I can speak, you know, from from previous experience in my own life of just built, I love the, what you said about building that habit of just making an intentional time, um, out of your day to, you know, spend time with God. Um, and we touched about this on, uh, when we were talking about social media and on your phones, you know, and, um, it, I think it's ironic that we all get those screen time reports, like on, I don't know about you, but I get them on Sunday morning, like <laughs> while, while in church, in yes. church. Yeah. and then it's almost like, you know, <laughs> the Holy the Spirit, Holy Spirit saying, <laughs> well, how much time did you spend, you know, with me this week? What and, do you really love? Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and just really taking intentional time to almost like schedule out your, your time that you're spending with the Lord, you know, mm -hmm. and everybody's schedule looks different. And so it's not right. the same for anybody, but making the time, okay, this is my, this is my God time. And this is my time where I'm going to get away and I'm going to, you know, have private time, put away my phone. I would encourage our listeners as well. Um, you know, maybe, maybe don't do your devotions, you know, on your phone or something that's going to distract, you, you know, like an iPad or, you know, your computer. Cause the devil knows, you know, the same that he wants to distract you from spending right. time um, in, in the word. And mm -hmm. you never know if, a, you know, a friend texts you or, you know, you get a Instagram notification that could distract you. And so I know for me personally, I try to spend time, you know, in an actual copy of God's word, you know, and with wide margins mm -hmm. so I can take notes and stuff like that. And that's been super helpful for me. And I love the idea that you said, though, about just making it really practical and, you know, not biting off more than, you know, you can chew. <laughs> I can right. say it that way, you know. And, uh, you know, even read a proverb a day, read, read a psalm yeah. a day, read mm -hmm. something in the gospels a day, you know, mm -hmm. Proverbs calls. is so easy cause there's mm -hmm. 31 of them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and tons of wisdom in that book for sure. Yeah. So what yeah, now great. to back up, cause you just said this, you said it without giving the outline, but what we teach 
I mean, I've taught this so many times at camp, even in places like that, is you need to you need to set a place, like decide ahead of time. This mm-hmm. is a place that I'm going to be undistracted. You need to choose a time. Like I know I'm going to be available from 5.30 to 6 a.m. Like nobody's nobody's doing anything from 5.30 to 6 a.m. Well, some of you might be, but okay. So I'm going to pick a time that's, that's undisturbed time, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to pick what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I'm not just going to open my Bible and point and then, okay, let's read this. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to have a plan in place. So those are, those are some of those key things that I say every time. Mm. And I would say about the, the distraction thing. I think we talked about this the other day when we were playing golf. Um, here I am, I've got three kids now and I always, I always tell people like, you can always get up earlier. Well, what I found with three kids is like, (laughs) somebody's always awake already. You know, like Mm. one of my kids is up doing something. So for this stage of life right now, I've been doing my devotions at night once all the kids are asleep mm. yeah. because I know I can get undisturbed time. Yeah. So it's really weird to me. Like I've always said, you got to do it in the morning. And that is a, a, a valuable insight. Yeah. But maybe your schedule, the way it is, you got to do it at night. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Build mm-hmm. the daily habit. Right. That's right. the most important that's thing. That's great. Yeah. So. We, we, need, we need more and more of God's word in our life, you know, not less and less. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, it, we can't expect to be these great warriors for God and do great things for God. And this really goes back to everything I think that we've touched on. You know, as young people, if you're not saturating yourself in the word of God, then of course you're going to leave the church. Of course you're going to struggle with, you know, your viewing habits on your phone. Of course, of course you're going to struggle with your priorities. It's because you're not having that personal relationship <laughs> yeah. with God. And that's something that's so convic- you know, convicting for me, you know. Yeah. How much time do I spend, you know, pouring into relationships with other people? You know, and those things aren't necessarily bad, but, you know, you grow a friendship with another person by spending time with them, by right. having deep conversations. Yeah. And that's what strengthens your relationship. And in the same way, it's that same way with, you know, our relationship with God. But yet, you know, we, we just want it the easy way. We don't want to have to put in, you know, the work and, right. you know, spend time with God and get to know him better, spend time in prayer and say no to ourselves. You know, I dying daily to, to mm. ourselves, to, you know, our flesh and stuff like that. So yeah, these are great practical, practical challenge for all of us and challenge all of us listening, you know, reassess where you're at, you know, old and young alike, you know, um, nobody has, has arrived, you know, nobody has mm-hmm. achieved the pinnacle of, you know, their, their relationship with God. And so I pray that all of us would take the next step that we need to take today to, um, grow in our walk with God. So yeah, thank you so much for that. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Oh, oh go ahead. I was just gonna say because yes. the Word of God really does work. Oh, yeah. it does. Like Amen. you know, we we talk about it a lot in Christian circles, and then sometimes we we don't really let. I love the word you've been using is saturate. We don't yeah. let it saturate the way we think, mm-hmm. and that's what's so hard for teenagers yeah. is it's really easy to scroll through whatever on your phone, right? But it is hard to set aside distractions yeah. and focus on yeah. something. Yeah. So I think that's where this yeah. generation does have a little bit of a different challenge because yeah. learning how to focus your whole focus on one thing for yeah. a period of time mm-hmm. that, that can be very difficult Absolutely. for this generation but the reward of it is worth it right you know, that's what uh hebrews 12 2 or 3 looking on to the author of our yes. faith yeah. who sat down for the joy before him right? right he he was like i'm willing to take on the the really the death of the cross, like the pain and the yeah. suffering right. and the shedding of his blood because of the joy that was set before him. Absolutely. So I always, I like to encourage teenagers, you know, like, hey, just take it on. It is a difficult thing, yeah. but it's worth it in the end. Absolutely. So, totally. Yeah. What a, what a promise from the Lord mm-hmm. that, you know, if we draw nigh to God, he's going to draw nigh to us. Amen. So, you know, you're only as spiritual as you want to be. 
And then we also have, you know, the promises that the word of God is quick and powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so if we're spending time in the word, we're going we're gonna to be a changed people, you know. And it, it's like the hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. And so, um, you know, it's a great assessment for a great time for us to assess where we're at and, you know, and drawing closer to the Lord even as a result um, today. So. Amen. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining us, hey, Pastor Gorley. Thanks, yeah. awesome. thanks for letting me talk. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. It's been a great week and great podcast. And yeah, thanks for your influence on our lives. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of Friday Focus presented by the Walk Talks podcast. Make your plans to join us next week for another set of podcast episodes that will encourage you in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you.